Greetings, PVIC, and welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Billy and Pastor Sean. For the past couple of weeks, we've been in the King and Kingdom series from the Gospel of Matthew, and this week, we're diving deeper into another series in the series called The Lord's Prayer. So, the sermon passage was taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 13. Pastor Billy, please give us a short summary on today's sermon. Thanks, Neil. So, really excited to um, have this chance and opportunity to delve uh, into the Lord's Prayer in a, in a deep sort of way. Um, we're going to be hanging out here for a while um, and kind of break down the prayer into its various parts and components and spend some time really uh, examining each. So uh, today we sort of opened up with kind of an introduction and delved into uh, the word Father. So the the Lord's Prayer, uh, as we think about it, is really the greatest uh, prayer that the church has. And uh, it's important for us not to just say the Lord's Prayer, or just recite it, but to actually pray it, to understand the depth of its meaning and how it actually gives us a lens through which we can look at everything. So Jesus begins uh, in giving his disciples, his followers, his prayer with a declaration that God is our Father in heaven. So Three words in there kind of give us an a win- give us a window uh, into who God is and uh, who we are in Christ. So first, that word "our," um, we can understand that you know we are not rogue individuals, but rather we're part of the family of God with brothers and sisters in Christ to whom we have a responsibility. Secondly, that word "Father," uh, we get the idea that God is our Abba. Right, that word from the original Aramaic, the word that most likely Jesus actually came from Jesus' lips, that God is our Abba, our dear Father, uh, who is near to us, loves us, and who we can approach with confidence. And third, the idea that he is our Father in heaven. Um, and that lets us know that while we are free to engage with God intimately, uh, we do so always with honor reverence, uh, awe, wonder, and respect as he is the uh, transcendent, perfect, perfect, and holy uh, king. So um, it was it was great and exciting because it's just kind of where we're pushing out from and starting from, and we're going to uh, be here for a while. Um, so I'm excited to really kind of dig in here in the, in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, this is like a series within a series yeah. kind of a thing. So um our first question um, is referring to that that term father. Now I know that throughout Scripture um, we see that God, that Christ, is referred to with many titles. We know that in John 15, Jesus calls himself a friend to the disciples. Um, in James, we know that Abraham believed it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was known as a friend of God. And Jesus, before he ascends, tells the disciples to go speak to his brethren, his brothers. So just in those 
in those three, we see we see um, God, Christ referred to as friend, brother. Today you spoke to him as uh, as a father. So here's the question: How do we apply rightly the titles, these titles, to God without sacrificing reverence? Yeah. So when it comes to these these titles, it's interesting because these ultimately these titles of God are really going to link into particular attributes of God, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're titles not in isolation. They're actually linked into the characteristics of God, his attributes, right? So <clears throat> often when you think about God's attributes, they kind of come in, they can come in pairs. Okay. So one pair you can think about, which we basically touched in on on the sermon is God's transcendence and his imminence, right? So um, this idea that he's transcendent, meaning he's above us, he's beyond us, right? He is not us, right? He's other from us, right? And then the idea of his imminence that, that he's near to us, that he's close to us, that he's involved in the nitty gritty of our lives, that he's not afar off, right? So when it comes to these different titles, again, that are linking into his different attributes, the first thing is important to realize that while his attributes are perfect and he exempts, uh, exemplifies them perfectly, at times our understanding of them, of those attributes, can be skewed. Okay. Especially when you come to these pairs of attributes, we are prone to kind of go to excess in our understanding of one or the other. So, for example, when we think about his transcendence, God is perfectly transcendent, but in the execution of our relationship to him, we may keep him so far off from us in a way that we neglect the fact of his nearness. Almost to the point where he's inaccessible. Yes. Right. right? So we've mm-hmm. gone too far in that direction. Or we can be prone to go the other way where... Um, we emphasize his nearness and his closeness, and then we lose uh, a, man, uh, a bit of that respect and honor and reverence. Would you say that an example of that would be this whole kind of idea that Jesus is my buddy, Jesus yeah. is my boyfriend, right? This Je- type of thing. Jesus is my homeboy, right? Yeah, that right. sort of thing. You're right. That's that's um, kind of an outworking of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing to realize is that that we are prone to that. This. Right. Yeah. In in our brokenness, we are prone to kind of go to these extremes. So first thing is to recognize that we're prone to that. And secondarily is as we examine ourselves, right, as we are continually um, walking the road of repentance and self-examination to know that we're aware of that and then say, OK, if we see us, we know our tendency is to go to one extreme is to then kind of rein ourselves back and pull ourselves back. And those that first opening line of the Lord's Prayer um, that Jesus gives us really does that. And we mentioned it in the sermon. Our Father in heaven. Father, Abba, imminent, here with us, near. Yeah. But our Father in heaven, the majestic, perfect, holy, righteous King. So those things exist in tension. We're prone to go to, to these different poles, poles, we uh, need to be aware of that and um, through our self-examination and repentance, pull ourselves back into a right and clear understanding. So much in one sentence. Yeah. It's an economy of words, right? Yeah. 
So that's great. Our next question, it comes from a, a direct quote that, that you had said in your sermon today, that the Spirit of God makes us realize with increasing clarity our sonship. So I look at that quote and immediately I think, well, that just doesn't happen, right? That's just, that's not some mystical, magical thing that just happens in the blink of an eye. Um, I know that when we think about regeneration and justification, we know that it's a, a monergistic effort. It's, it's God alone, right? But when we talk about sanctification, you hear that word synergism. So since we know that this uh, increasing clarity of our sonship doesn't just happen, um, what role do we play in that process? Yes, yeah, so we're really talking about sanctification here, right? right? And it's so interesting when you think about the, the Christian faith and the Christian walk that we are saved by God. Like, God does that. Yeah. We're not searching after him. We're not yearning for him. He comes in and rescues us. We don't really bring anything to the table, right? No. It's really fascinating that once he does that, this process of sanctification where we are being more and more conformed into the image of Christ, that we work with the Spirit of God. Like both of those things are happening. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, again, we should not be prone to think of the idea that okay well you know i come to faith in christ and then it's uh, i kick my feet up and i just wait for the blessings to fall on top of me or i wait for uh, just transformation to in some sort of magical way happens right that that's not it it's um everything in scripture speaks to a non-passive christian faith right an active um where you know, Scripture even talks about the fact that we work out our salvation, but then it, it's also God's Spirit working in us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you take the totality of Scripture, we are called not to be passive in our in our in our walk and in our in our faith, right? So. And I think that sometimes we don't recognize how much of an honor it is to be a part of that process. Oh, that God invites us exactly. in yeah. to that process? Yeah. Um, it, it really, it's kind of a window into the sonship, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. That, um, you know, I, I found it interesting, this idea that um, when you look at how sonship is viewed in, um, in Jesus' time, that sons were actually also apprentices mm. of their father. So a son is the son, but also is trying to learn the trade of the father. Um, so is an apprentice, right? So they will actually, um, you know, whatever the trade is, when they come across a problem, they go back to their father to say, how would my father do this? Yeah. Um, and we see Jesus actually patterned that apprenticeship sonship where you know you see him and he's praying to the father you see that in in gethsemane where he comes back to the father and says you know father if there is another way but your will be done right, right. he sees the cross before him and it, all the way to the cross where he says what father 
into your hands I commit my spirit. So there's a sense that when we say our Father in the Lord's Prayer, yeah. we're not just talking about intimacy and um, uh, you know confidence in those things. We're actually saying, I'm signing up for the kingdom. That's beautiful. I'm signing up for this apprenticeship um, that's linked into the kingdom. So, um, you know, and that's an active faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's quite an answer. The last question, in speaking to God being a father, I think we've established pretty clearly that he is a perfect father. And there are many in our church who are fathers. We have some who are soon to be fathers, um, some who want to be fathers one day. We're fathers. We're fathers. And I can say as a father myself that unlike God, I am very fallible and I make a ton of mistakes uh, very regularly, in fact. So this question um, is about being a father and having children. So when I as a father make a mistake, when I as a father um, step out of line and, and uh, fall into error, what do you think about the idea of coming to my son and saying sorry? Um, I know that there are a lot of fathers out there who would never acknowledge that they've ever done anything wrong. Um, some who might acknowledge it in their quiet time when they pray, um, but never to their son directly. What are your thoughts on that? You know, fatherhood in and of itself. You know, I think of myself and I think of the fact that I'm a father. Sometimes I just... I laugh at the notion, right? Yeah. Uh, even now, right? I've got my kids, you know, my oldest is 10 and the other one is five. And then I'm like, no, I'm a father to these children, right? Um, we fail. We make mistakes. So there's two two things. One, <clears throat> when, we, when we fail, there's an opportunity for us to, one, um, bring that to God you know, ask for his help in those, those respects. Um, but there's also an opportunity for, for praise and worship built into that because when we fail, we can immediately think about the fact that of the way that our father doesn't fail in that respect, mm. right? So it immediately drives us to, to worship. So we, we, we talk to God and we, um, you know, we seek and petition his help and then we're also driven to worship, right? just in the idea that we fail. Now, when it comes to how we might address our children, um, when it comes to forgiveness uh, for children, it's something that should be modeled before them, right? They need to see it. Um, we, how do we, they know how to do it if they don't see yeah, it? If they don't see it. And and I think, you know, there's a sense that in, in Scripture, when we think about our own forgiveness, there's this, we talked about in the sermon, there's such, there's almost an unbelievable, scandalous nature to it that we even struggle to believe it. But when we root it in the idea of fatherhood of God, it helps us to even understand our own forgiveness, right. to reconcile it. So, um, so how will how will they know if they don't see it, right? So, first thing is, when we pray and we're praying with them, do they hear us confessing to God? Interesting. Like, do they hear that in our own prayer? When we're praying together, is is confession part of our own prayers? So they hear that. They hear their father, their parents, um, confessing before God. 
uh, I think it's important. It's modeling, again, what repentance and confession lo could look like for them as they pray, right? They see it, not just us telling them, but us doing it, right? And secondly, actually going to them and asking forgiveness, you know, it's something that I, I have done. And I found that it has opened up so many avenues for conversa gospel conversations, mm -hmm. um, especially with my son, um, where you can see forgiveness in in act in action right you can see that so so clearly and it helps to bring it alive for them um now i think there's some discretion that you have to use also right it's not something where you know we're not uh, we're never going to be apologizing for dis disciplining them rightly and doing the things we have to do as fathers that sometimes right, right aren't always you know we'd love to just uh, them to just think of our the, us as their friend and continually like like that but we're their fathers right we have to there's a goal in mind that we want them to um you know grow in their knowledge of who god is right we don't want to we don't want to spare discipline we're, yeah no 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 not if you just read proverbs at all you know that yeah. discipline is our role it's part of our role as a father right. so we don't want to not do that right you, you don't want to spare discipline but also want to understand that modeling forgiveness for them is actually discipling them right you're actually discipling them through that uh, process and it can bear uh, much fruit uh, in your life as a parent and in their lives as as someone who is growing up in the faith for sure all right um thank you pastor billy that was wonderful um this was a uh a great um, introduction into the the Lord's Prayer, and um, I was not aware there was so much to unpack in the first line itself of the prayer, um, Our Father in Heaven. Um, one of the things you mentioned, um, well, the, one of the main things is, you know, how Our Father, it's more of a um, imminence, His closeness, how we can intimately approach Him, and the second half of it, our Father in heaven, with showing God's sovereignty, that He's above and beyond, showing His transcendence. So in this two-fold uh, line, we see that we affectionately call Him Abba, but also call Him with a deep sense of wonder, awe, and reverence. That The second part, the reverence, is something that we always miss. Um, he exceeds all of the earthly fathers because He is our Father in heaven. He always gets us. He always cares for us. He always yeah. loves us. He exceeds all of the earthly fathers a trillion times over. And that is the number one thing, his tenderness and the power of God. Um, so, Pastor Billy, um, to go into the next, uh, to go into the week, uh, what are some questions that we can think about? Sure, and I think that this dovetails beautifully off of what you're just talking about, Neil. So I would just <clears throat> take time this week and, um, you know, when you think about and and relate to God, which one of those extremes that we talked about do you tend towards, right? To take the time to examine that. Um, is it, um, you know, God's transcendence, that he's far off and above and beyond us, or is his imminence, the, that casual, more uh, familiar, uh, intimate uh, nature? So once you work through that, how can meditating upon and understanding the Lord's Prayer help you to address um, whichever one of those poles that you kind of skew towards? Uh, secondly, um, 
and and you know this is not a really idea that we went into in the sermon but something i think is fruitful for us to think about is you know could you think of ways that you have projected your own experiences in terms of earthly fathers onto god because that is something um that we can do um so for parents right and i think we talked about this already you know maybe examine ways in your own life that you feel like you've fallen short as a parent um and then think about how god has been a perfect father to you in the same area that you have fallen short and and thank him right just take an opportunity this week to do that and lastly um Maybe think about ways in your life that you have glorified individualism inappropriately. So we talked about this idea that Jesus says our father, and that's with intention and purpose. So, um, yeah, think about, you know, are there ways in your life that you, in ways in your life that you have glorified individualism in, mm. in a way that's, you know, not appropriate and how can you, in a tangible way, express the fact that God is our father by loving your brothers and sisters in christ this week right something to just take away and think about practically uh, that can have some impact um, right now in the immediacy of the moment all right that was wonderful so as we go forward this week um, let us approach god with confidence pray with simplicity and pray with love thank you pastor billy uh, we look forward to tackling those questions this week and until next time let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God.